You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. everyone a happy new year. I hope everyone had a great year. I know some of you, you're glad that 2018 is done and you're excited about 2019. And I know at this time of year, several of us, we we sit down and, and maybe we start thinking about some new goals that we might have for 2019 or maybe we call them New Year's resolutions we might say that I want to lose some weight. I want to exercise more. I want to be a better spouse. I want to be more patient. I want to be more kind. I want to be a better parent. I want to disconnect a little bit from the screen, from my phone, from my iPad, from my tablet, from from watching movies or the Xbox or whatever the case may be. And I, and I just want to be present a little bit more. I, I, I want to be a better employee. I want to get a different job or I want to get promoted. That's kind of my, my goal. Or maybe you want to say, you know, this is the year that I want to grow spiritually. I, I, I want to dig into God's Word just a little bit more. I want to understand. I want to study it. I want to pray more. I want to get involved with the church a little bit more. I want to serve. I want to make a difference in the community. I want people to to know about Christ. I mean, it's just a heavy burden on my heart. And then what happens, like three weeks, a month, a couple months, three months down the road, you get a little stressed out, and you decide to pick up some ice cream. You say, I'm just going to eat one bite of ice cream. And what happens is the whole carton's gone. It just magically disappears. Or, or you have someone in the office that, that cooks really well, that bakes really well. We, we have Sheila Witt that, that works at Mother's Day Out, and she brings these amazing desserts. And I say, I'm just going to eat one bite. And then ten bites later, and after I went back like three or four times... Kind of blew the diet. Hey, some of you made a go to, to get out of debt. You, you want to do better financially. And then you see that power tool that you just have to have. You know, Jesus was a carpenter and you want to be like Jesus. And so you got to buy that power tool. Or you're driving along and you see that Starbucks sign and your car just, man, just automatically goes through the drive-thru. You just can't help it. Five, six, seven, eight dollars. I mean, you know, you didn't have control. Or you see that commercial. Oh, man, you got to have an Instapot. That's going to make life so much easier. I mean, it, it, it just, it, it'll change your life forever. I mean, that's what the commercial says, and you just have to have it. We have distractions everywhere, don't we? I mean, we, 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 we try to read our Bible. We say, you know, I, I'm going to start a Bible reading plan. And, and we start and we're reading. We're doing so well. And, and then suddenly we get an alert on our phone. We hear about the weather. Oh, the weather's going to be rainy. And you start thinking, well, I need to bring an umbrella. Or it's going to be cold. Or I better leave early. Or there's an accident on 410. Or, or you know, 
there's some kind of world event. The stock market went up or went down or went sideways. I don't know. And, and then we start paying attention to that. And then our spouse is making pancakes and you're smelling it. And all you can think is pancakes. And you're like, you know, I'm not really focusing on reading the Bible right now. And, and so I'll just read it double tomorrow. And then something happens tomorrow. And, and then it's the third day. And then next thing you know, you're a week behind. And you're like, oh, man. And you just kind of put it aside. I mean, distractions are everywhere. Uh, we live in such a distracted society that as parents, we forget our kids in the car. I mean, how many times have we seen that happen? We leave kids, we leave pets in hot cars. That's how distracted we are. I read about a woman that got off the bus and left her four-month-old in Greece on the bus. Now, praise God, there was a happy ending. But she was distracted, and she just gets off, and she leaves her four-month-old son there. When we get on the Internet... How many of us have pop-up ads that come and try to distract us or, or junk email? We have all of these things that constantly try to distract us. I, I was reading a study that employees spend an average of 11 minutes on a project before being distracted. 11 minutes, they're focused, and then a distraction happens. Another study found that, the, that office distractions eat an average of 2.1 hours a day. So if you're supposed to be working eight hours, you, you realize you're really only going to be working six because 2.1 hours, you're distracted about something. After the interruption, it normally takes about 25 minutes to return to the original task. Think about that. Distractions are everywhere. When, when I'm preaching, Sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I get a little tickle in my throat. Or a couple of months ago, there was this, this fly that was just dive-bombing me. I mean, I thought that this right here was a runway. I mean, it just kept on going. I mean, I realized there's not a lot, a lot up there, but I mean, it just kept on. And here I am trying to preach. And, and sometimes I get phone calls right in the middle of preaching. And, 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 and you get alerts and all kinds of things. Thanks to my wife for calling me right in the middle, trying to distract me while I'm preaching. Some of you recognize the office, a uh, little ringtone for her. But I have all of these little things distracting me. I mean, sometimes the microphone doesn't work well. Sometimes I look at you and I'm distracted. Sometimes you look at me and I'm very distracting. No, we have all of these things that distract us. As Monica and, and Seth mentioned, we're in a series, uh, series, uh, year-long series called All In. And we're talking about walking with Christ. And so if you happen to pick up one of our journals that was on the glass table, or if you picked them up before, I, I want you to write a four-letter word inside of this. It's a key four-letter word. I want you to write the word with. With. My, my English teacher wife tells me it's a preposition. It means to be accompanied by another or a thing or going in the same direction as or in the company of. And this year we're going to be talking about what it means to walk with God. And we're going to keep on, you're going to hear this over and over and over about 
walking with God. Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. Enoch, what? Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Enoch, what? Walked with God and he was, and he was not for God took him. And then Genesis chapter 6. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. You might write in your journal, what's it mean for me to walk with God in 2019? What is God challenging me to do in my walk with God? To become more committed, to have more fellowship with Him, to have a deeper relationship. My guess is the majority of you in this room says, yeah, I'm walking with God or I'm trying to walk with God or, you know, I, I want to get better with walking with God. That, that's my New Year's resolution. That's my, my go. But what happens in a few weeks or a few months is often we lose our focus and we get distracted. You're guilty. I'm guilty. And distraction is one of Satan's biggest tools. He loves to distract us. And, and let me kind of illustrate it this way. Let's say LeBron James is playing against the Spurs. It's the end of the game, and LeBron James is at the free throw line. What are all the Spurs fans going to be doing? They're going to be distracting. They're going to be yelling. They're going to be screaming. They're going to be doing everything they can. If you're in charge of building maintenance, you're turning up the heater. You're trying to make him sweat a little bit more. We've been known to release bats in the AT&T Center. I mean, you, you, you name it. We're going to do it. We're going to do everything we can to get LeBron to, to miss that free throw. That's the same thing that Satan does to us. He's doing everything that he can to get us to be distracted. He does not want you to walk with God. He does not want you to have fellowship with God. He doesn't want you praying. He doesn't want you reading the Bible. He doesn't want you here. He doesn't want you serving. He doesn't want you growing closer to God. And so every time a distraction pops up, I want you to think about that. That's what Satan's doing. He's distracting you. He wants to take your focus off of God and on this distraction. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be camping out with. It'll be on screen as well, but I always think it's great to also look in your own Bibles. Luke chapter 10 says this, As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha, everyone say Martha, welcomed him to her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he taught. But Martha was what? Was distracted by the big dinner. She was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all of the work? Tell her to come and, and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. And there's only one thing to worry, being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, many times we, we read this passage and, and we say, well, 
you know, Mary is good and Martha was bad. But I don't think Martha was, was a bad woman. Martha was serving Jesus. And she was showing hospitality, which was very important to the culture. And she was cooking. She was cleaning. She was washing the dishes. Martha was doing good things. Yeah, was she a little resentful? Yes. But I think her heart was in the right place. You know, her big problem was that she was distracted. She was worried and upset about all the details that made her miss the most important thing, and that was spending time with Christ. It wasn't enough just to serve Jesus, but everything had to be perfect. You had your, the house had to be perfectly clean. No dust. I mean, she had to sweep everything, the table decorations, the meal, everything just had to be perfect. And she was so worried about all the details, she missed the presence of Jesus. We get distracted as well, don't we? We get distracted. So sometimes we're like Martha, and we worry about all of the details. Man, I got life group tomorrow, and in the, the house has to be clean. We got to dust it, we got to vacuum, and we got to make sure this and this and this is done. And, and, and we've just had the holiday seasons and, and you know, all the decorations and all of those things. And, and sometimes we, we just wear ourselves out trying to make everything perfect. And, and I've told you this before, and I tell my kids this quite a bit. So what if everything's not perfect? You know, our, our teenagers are under extreme pressure right now. They have a lot of stress to succeed. They have to make sure they're getting the best grades and they want to get into the right college and, and they have all this prayer pressure. And, and I just remind my kids, hey, so what if you flunk the biology test? Your employer probably isn't going to go back and say, well, you know, your junior year, you flunked a biology test. You know what? It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. I want them to do their best, but at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. Just do your best. At our house for life group. You know what? If someone doesn't like something being dirty at my house, well, here's a broom. Here's a duster. Here's a vacuum. You know what? So, so what if everything's not perfect? If your family doesn't like it, you, you tell them, hey, here's some rubber gloves. Here's some Lysol. You get to it. it, it so many times we worry and we get distracted over the little things and it makes us miss Jesus. Here's, here's the other thing. You can still serve and walk with God. And some of my best times with God is in the midst of serving. Uh, Martha could have been serving food to Jesus. Letting his, letting his companionship fill her soul. But instead, she began resenting Mary. She got distracted with what I call the, the scorecard. I'm doing all of the work, and, and Mary's just sitting there. She's doing a good thing. And Satan is so subtle, isn't he? He takes the good things and he gets us focused on other things. I mean, Jesus, look what I'm doing, and she's just 
being a lazy bum just sitting there. Come on, Jesus, this doesn't seem fair. Happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? We're serving at church, we're having a good time. And then we began to start noticing, well, so-and-so's not there. I don't see Gary Gunn there. Why isn't Gary Gunn there? He's been coming to this church. Where's Jack Lambert? Where's Beth? I mean, I, we, we began to, to play those games, and we would say, well, so-and-so needs to be here, and I, why am I the only one that's always here? And guess what? Satan wins. Satan distracts us. It's happened to me. It's probably happened to you. And that's exactly what happened to Martha. You know, one of the characteristics that I admire most about Jesus is that he was so focused on his mission. He was focused on his mission. Forty days in the wilderness without eating, and, and, and Satan tempts Jesus. And he basic, basically goes to him and he says, you know, Jesus, um, see that rock over there? I, I want you to turn it into a Big Mac. I, I know you're hungry, and, and show, show me that you're really God, and, and so just do this. Okay, Jesus, you know, um, I, I want you to, I, I'm going to lie to you, but I don't want you to think I'm lying to you, but I'm lying to you. I, I, I want you to think that you can do your mission without suffering, without the cross. I, look out at all this country. It's mine, you know, and, and, and I'll give it to you. I'll give you the world. J just worship me, Satan. Okay, you know what, that, those two distractions didn't work. Well, let's go to the highest point in the temple. Let me see if you got any pride, Jesus. You know what, just jump off this temple and prove that you're the Son of God. And you know what Jesus does? He stays focused on his mission. And he quotes scripture to Satan time and time again. I, I, I admire that. The religious leaders tried to distract Jesus. They tried to trap him with questions time and time again. Jesus' family weren't always big fans. Tried to distract him. Jesus was focused on his mission. Peter, one of his closest disciples, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to do these things. Peter said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Remember what Jesus told Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Told one of his closest disciples, closest friends. Everyone was trying to distract Jesus, but Jesus was focused on his mission. I, I was listening to a sermon by Stephen Frederick on distraction. And he was talking about Matthew 13. If you have your Bibles, you might want to turn there. We're going to kind of navigate through that a little bit. It's the parable of the sower, or like I, I like to call it the parable of the seed. And some of you have heard the story before. The farmer goes out and he spreads seed. He scatters it and some of it falls on the footpath and are eaten by birds. And some of it lands on shallow and rocky soil and sprouts up but dies quickly. Some of it lands among the thorns and the thistles and are choked out. But then some of the seed falls on fertile soil and a crop of 30, 60, 100 times as much has been planted. And typically, when we talk about this, these are the different reactions of people when they hear the message of Christ. And of course, we're always the good soil, right? 
I mean, we're never the other soil. I mean, that's for someone else. And, and there's no doubt that's a good interpretation of the Scripture. But, but Stephen also challenged me to think about this. He said, could that ever be a condition of your heart? Could Satan use different ways to distract you in your life? And, and so I want you to kind of think about this Scripture in this way just for a few moments. Matthew 13. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and what? Snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Satan sometimes will distract us by putting little snatchers in our life. They, they, they look like pretty little birds, but they're trying to snatch your joy and your peace. Maybe for some of you, that's the negative people in your life. And you're saying, man, Jesus is so awesome, and Jesus has blessed me in this way and this way, and, and they come up and they're like, well, this and this and this and this is wrong with you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. You know what? That's one of those little birds that's a snatcher that's trying to steal your joy. They're trying to pour water on your fire. They're trying to distract you from your walk with God. I, I, I like to compare them to little shoplifters. Shoplifters come in, they act like they're just a, just a shopper. They're cunning, they look great. As soon as they get a chance, though, what do they do? They take that item. Same thing happens in our life. We have people who try to distract us, to try to pull us off of our walk with God. Those are snatchers, and we have to be aware of them. They look like little birds, but they're not good little birds. They're people who keep us from focusing on Christ. Secondly, we've got to be aware of being scorched. It says in verse 5, Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under what? The hot sun. It was scorched. And since they didn't have deep roots, they what? They died. Verse 21, But since they didn't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Here's the second distraction. When we face problems or we're persecuted, sometimes that distracts us. Now, let's be honest. Most of us aren't persecuted on a regular basis for our faith compared to other countries. Most of us aren't being hauled off to jail, beaten, being burned, our family members being murdered because of our belief in Christ. But I think some of us, we feel like, oh, well, I'm being persecuted because I'm being offended. That, that person said happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, and that offends me. And, and we let that be a distraction to us. And then you want to say, well, that person's offended, so I'm offended. And, and we keep on playing these little games. We go back and forth, and, and sometimes it's almost humorous. Well, you said that, and that offended me, and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know what? That's Satan. He's winning. Because guess what? 
you're so focused on what that other person is saying, and you're not walking with God. We, we get distracted when problems arise, when inconveniences take place in our life. God bless you with a job. You're working hard. But you know what, God? I'm so tired. I just can't get up to go to church. But God, thank you for a paycheck. But, uh, you know, I... I don't really feel like doing a whole lot. I don't feel like reading the Bible, praying. But, but Lord, uh, Lord, bless me. We, we, we get so distracted with, with just the little problems in life. Well, you know, my hot water heater broke down, and i got to fix that. And my, my heater, my AC, my you, you name it, my car. And, and we get so focused on those things. That we forget to say, God, thank you for the car. Thank you for hot water. Thank you for the air condition. And Lord, I know you're going to handle it in your time. Just hopefully it'll be sooner than later. Satan loves to, to throw little things at us, to distract us. And now, how do we get over this distraction? Notice this. If you have your journals, go ahead and write down deep roots. Write down deep roots. Ask yourself, how do I need to develop deeper roots this year? Well, what's an area in my life, Lord, that I could develop deep roots in? I, I, I just want to encourage you to be committed to developing and growing roots, to not being easily discouraged or distracted. Because when you have deep roots, guess what? Yes, Satan's going to throw the different things, but you're going to stay focused. Thirdly, Satan tries to, to choke us by distraction. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and what? Choked out the tender plants. The, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is what? Crowded out by, by, the, by the what? by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. This is a hard one. You know where most of our distraction starts? Right here. We start imagining things that could happen, that rarely happen. Well, I could... I could lose my job, or my car could break down, or my, this could happen to my kids, or this could happen to me. And, and you know that, that little bump, it could be this or that, and you get on WebMD, and man, you've, you've come up with all kinds of crazy things that scare you to half to death. Well, our mind can be our biggest distraction, because we can worry and we can imagine all of these things. And they end up choking you out. The, the lure of wealth, just thinking, man, if I get enough, if I get this job or if I have this amount of money here, that, that I'll be okay. And what we're really saying, we don't want to admit it in church, but we're saying, if I get to this point in time, I don't have to depend on God quite so much. Oh, now, now I'm getting to meddling. I don't want to do that. I'm sorry about that. So many times, though, Satan can, can try to distract us. Again, the stock market's going up, the stock market's going down. Oh, what am I going to do if, if my retirement goes down a little bit? You know, we can get caught up in all, that thing, all those things. And, and God just wants us to, to stay focused on Him. 
You know, lastly, we see the seed land on the good soil. People hear and understand God's Word. And, and they put the distractions aside. And the seed multiplies 30, 60, 100 times. And there's times that the seed hits. And, and man, God just does some incredible things. And, and then there's times that, quite honestly, I fall short. The birds get it. Sometimes it's scorched. Sometimes the old mind crowds out what God could do in my life. But 2019, I, I am asking you to hold me accountable, and I want to hold you accountable. I, I want to walk with God. That's more than anything else in my life. I want to be closer to Him. In Hebrews 12, and you're going to hear us say this over and over this year. And so you can probably even write this down in your journal, Hebrews 12. Therefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders us. That sin that so easily entangles, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And what? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Lord, help me to stay focused on you. Lord, help me not to pay attention to all, everything else that's going on. Lord, protect my family. Help us to be aware of the distractions that are around. T today's challenge is very simple. Be aware, be aware of the distractions. Be aware of the distractions. Maybe over lunch today you say, you know what? These are different, some different things can, that can be the distractions. And, and some of you, you, need, you may need to do some radical surgery. You, you may need to say, you know what? This is a little bird in my life that I need to say, hit the road, Jack. Some of you may say, you know, screen time is too much, and I'm going to cut back on that. I, I, I want you to hold me accountable. Some of you may say, you know, I, I, I imagine I have anxiety. I have all these things going on. I need you to hold me accountable that I just don't think about the negative things. I, I don't know where you're at. But I do know this, Satan is doing everything he can to keep you from being all in. And, and I want to be a church that's all in, that's fully committed. Life is too short. Life is too short not to be committed to walking with God. And so in 2019, I'm asking you, will you be all in? Will you be committed to walking with God?